The Giants' backups showed some fight but fell short in Philly, losing 22-16 to the Eagles to close out the regular season. It's now time for the postseason, where Big Blue gets the opponent. They wanted a rematch in Minnesota with the Vikings Sunday at 4.30. Can Brian Dayball's bunch win their wild card matchup? Can the G-Men go on a playoff run? We'll react to the loss of the Eagles, put a bow on the 9-7-1 regular season, and look ahead to Giants playoff football. It's all coming up next on Blue Rush from the New York Post. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Blue Rush on New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. I'm Jake Brown alongside, of course, Brandon London coming from the SMY New York Post studios. We got Lawrence Tynes, two-time Giants Super Bowl champ and Giants beat writer for the Post, Paul Schwartz in the building. The regular season is over, guys, and it closed out with nothing other than Kenny Galladay's first touchdown as a New York Giant. Give him a round of applause. And it was one of the catch of the year, too, in the corner of the end zone. He still, you know, fell 74 catches short of a $750,000 bonus, but we give him congratulations for a hell of a touchdown catch. And listen, the Giants backups and third stringers and Davis Webb played their hearts out in a tight game against Eagles starters in a 22-16 loss. They finished the season 9-7-1. The playoffs are set. And this episode of Blue Rush is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. Lawrence, I'll throw it off to you first. Giants get the matchup they want. They'll get the rematch in Minnesota against the Vikings, a team that uh, scuffled a little bit down the stretch, and they win their season finale. But Giants-Vikings set, wild card is set. But I guess we could start with the final game in Philly. Giants played pretty well, considering they didn't really play anybody. I thought they were great. I, I actually enjoyed watching that game last night. I got to see a lot of young guys play. A lot of guys get a lot of reps uh, Landon Collins obviously got some extended time, but offensively, defensively, a lot of young kids. It just goes to show you how well coached the Giants football team is. They obviously were overmatched in some regards in a game that the Eagles had to have, but you have to applaud the effort. I mean, the, the defensive effort offensively, Davis Webb, first start of his career, they were able to generate some points and move the football a little bit against a really, really good team. So that was fun for me. I really enjoyed, you know, watching these young guys play for the Giants. Look, I don't think anyone's going to argue that Brian Dable, what he did, right? I mean, you know, throughout the league, you see this all the time. You, you, you don't half-ass it. Okay, you'll play a half, you'll play a quarter. You're resting. You guys are all resting. But when you do that against a motivated opponent who just beat you by 20-something points not long ago, you do risk opening the door for a, a big-time lopsided 
regular season ending loss, right? You just do. You know, that's what people expected. The point spread, I think, was up to 15. And that is not a great way to go into the playoffs, even though everyone just then turned the page. So I think the Giants got virtually everything they wanted out of this game. Look, maybe they get the onside kick and Davis Webb leads them to victory. But okay, that didn't happen. But I agree with you, Lawrence. First of all, it shows that Wink Martindale's defense, I mean, you can't just put anybody out there. I get that. But these were all backups, and the Eagles were trying. The Eagles wanted to bench their guys, and they couldn't do it because they didn't have complete control of the game. So that's number one, and that Brian Dable did things. So he didn't just say, all right, well, he tries for an onside kick, right? He tries. He They call a fake punt. We'll talk about that, Lawrence, because I think you're – Fake field goal, field goal, field goal. Oh, I'm sorry. Fake field goal. Yes, fake field goal. But, you know, so he's trying to generate things for Davis Webb. Uh, Davis Webb was a feel-good story last night. We'll get into that. So I think they succeeded in everything. Their guys stayed healthy. Their guys rested. And people like you, Lawrence, and I'm sure Brandon, it's like, man, the Giants' backups played well. And this was an – you know, Dexter Lawrence told me that watching those guys go out there who grinded all season and never get to play – Play like that makes me want to play harder for them. That's pretty good. It's a culture game. That was a culture game. And like even before the game, because me and Jake were at a break bar in Queens, and I was emceeing and then, you know, hyping it up. And I told everybody, watch this. You have to watch these games with some sort of lens on. You can't watch it as a win-loss. Don't it doesn't matter if we win or we lose. We're already locked into the playoffs. But when you're watching this game and you're seeing guys like Timon Fox, you're seeing Micah McFadden, you're seeing these guys, Nick McLeod, playing lights out, flying to the football. That just goes to show. There's no like Jahai Ward said the other a uh, couple weeks ago. There's no rookies no more. Everyone in that locker room knows their job. Everyone in that locker room, and I think these guys, when Brian Dable came to them and was like, "Hey, we're gonna sit some guys. Some of you younger guys are gonna get some extended time." I really think that those younger guys, the the, the Gerard Davises, the uh, the Dane Beltons, the Cordell Flots, I really think in their head they're like, "We're gonna beat these guys." We can go out there and, and beat these guys. We may be overmatched, but we're at least going to give them a run for their money. And you saw that by the way they were playing. Sacks, you seeing pass breakups, you seeing guys make plays. Lawrence Cager, eight catches, 69 yards. Brightwell, 11 rushes, 60 yards, a 25-yard run. Like, come on, like these guys are actually out there playing for something. And then rather, and to remove the team aspect from it, I know you're playing for a team. But then remember, these are guys that want to get paid in the offseason as well, want to stick around and be part of this organization as well so you're not just going to go out there and be like all right we're going to let the eagles hang 50 on us 60 on us you're going you're being evaluated everything you do when you step on a field or whether you work out whatever it is you're constantly being evaluated and they got some guys some good evaluation they got some good eval moments uh during a game like that against the opponent like that it's just now after that game, I'm just thinking like Brian Dable was just like, all right, this is where the money's like, like this is this is where it all starts now. And you got to be feeling good with your young talent and the guys that you've had to develop over throughout the course of the year and play. You have to feel good knowing that they're ready and they're ready to over uh, exceed expectations going into the first round of the playoffs. And Lawrence, you were on the team. Start everyone. Are you happy with what uh, the approach here? Didn't even start Tyrod Taylor as Davis Webb. Listen, Dable had my back. He said there is no wrong answer. So I am very happy. I am very happy that everyone is healthy. But if I had to do it over again, I would say do exactly what they did yesterday. Because I think we talk about galvanizing and things like that, but I just think camaraderie of that football team is pretty good, guys. I think you saw the reaction to Kenny Galladay's touchdown. 
the way the guys were reacting and helping on the sidelines, that is so good for you because that's, this is your team. And as you go into the, the tournament like they're about to this weekend and tough environment in Minneapolis, you need that camaraderie. And I'm really excited about what the Giants have going on chemistry-wise. We'll figure out the X's and O's, but chemistry-wise, it's a pretty close-knit football team, and that's exciting to see. And one thing we haven't seen from this team all year, Lawrence, is a bunch of this. A bunch, you've, you've never seen a bunch of finger pointing on the field. You've never seen guys like really up in each other's faces or blow-ups on the sideline. No Microsoft surfaces have been broken or anything by any of the quarterbacks or coordinators. So you're really, I, I, and I, you're really seeing a team that's like constantly gelling together. And for Dexter Lawrence to say that again, which that, that quote makes me want to play harder because you got a chance. He got a chance to see the younger guys go out there and, and play lights out. There's the culture of that team. And like you said, they're, they're, they're dangerous now, man. That, that, that chemistry is dangerous. Yeah, Brian Dable, I think this elevates him because, you know, it was interesting. Look, we all thought Daniel's not going to play. Tyrod Taylor will play, right? Like you said, Brandon, you know, he's the, he's, you know, he's going to make his 54th career start. You know, he's a good player. He'll manage the game. And then we hear that Davis Webb is going to start. And I think Brian Dable, I mean, I don't know how Tyrod Taylor thought about it. I really don't. But having Davis Webb start, I think, elevates Brian Dable because Davis Webb is a guy that the Giants signed him. Davis Webb played well enough in the summer to make the team. They're only going to go with two quarterbacks. He's on the practice squad. He made very little money this year. And look, very little money in quotes. But in that room, you know, they could not elevate him because of some, um, as far as he couldn't get the top, even the top practice squad salary. He could not get that because of some rules. So he was down there. They, right, a couple of games, they activated him, right? That's a way to give him some money for the week to get a game check. And in this game, Davis Webb, when he was drafted by the Giants, he was a bright guy. Uh, they thought he had a future. He is, does have a big future. He's going to be a big-time coach. His father was a coach. He is a coach. I mean, I'm telling you, this guy is the next big quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, and then we'll see how far it goes. And so for them to – Brian Dayball to say, who was with him in Buffalo for three years, and he said he deserves to play in a game and start a game – there were people in that press box that have to have been rooting for him to throw a touchdown pass, right? And then he he trucks the safety to go into the end zone on a run, and everyone's like, "Man, we feel good for Davis Webb. He got a he got a touchdown." And then he throws a touchdown pass. Um, Davis Webb said, "I'll never forget that." Very exciting. Um, I want to thank all the O linemen and Marcus, KG, Cager, Gary. Um, Matt, it was a lot of fun playing with those guys. And um, Darius came in a couple plays. I appreciate that. We battled, and um, they're a really good team. No one seeing the NFC, and we took them four quarters. And um, I wish myself first and the offense second got off to a better start. But, I mean, it was that second half was really fun, and that's something I'll never forget. Um, I think he'll probably go off into retirement and start his coaching career. You guys know, right, if you're in a major leagues, Getting in at bat and hitting a home run, only one versus never doing that is probably a big deal. And so um, that was a big deal for Davis Webb. And I think the players look at Brian Dable and said he understands that this is a big deal for him. He gets credit for that. And Davis Webb has gave us some moments as well, like some really cool moments. Remember the whole like the, there's that little gif where he in the preseason where he's like the touchdown, uh, uh, like like that's like little moments like that. But then for, for you to say that, Paul, that I'm thinking like for him, 
I'd re- after this season, I'd retire. You're a giant. I think they would bring him in on that coaching staff uh, the, the next year, rather quality control. Also a guy like Sterling, Sterling Shepard as well. You're a giant. You'd be like a, a receiver's coach or something uh, like that as well. But when you're saying like there's different moments for coaches, how you win the locker room. You know, I've gotten a chance to, you know, because of my father, uh, college football coach, I've gotten to see the way that he wins the locker room with a young man, 18, 19, 20 years old, 20 year old. In the NFL, when he spent a year with the Texans, he was like, it was so different because guys would, as soon as OTAs or whatever is done, they're on their jets and they're gone. Like you don't develop that, 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 that like coach mentor relationship. So in the NFL, Brian Dable has done two things. One, the way you just said how he put some money up in Davis Webb's uh, pocket by activating him and all, and then not taking money away from Xavier McKinney off of the, the, the injury, the hand injury where they could have, they could have done something in this contract. They could have docked pay. I think that's two moments right there where players are like, you know what? I'm going to play for that guy because he's going to allow me to mess up. He's going to allow me to develop. He's going to allow me to be a young, maturing man in this business and uh, in that sense. So not those, those are two moments. He's like, look, I need us to be full pads today or anything like that. I think there, that, those are two moments where it's like, you know what? I'm going to put my helmet on and I'm going to go run through a brick wall for this guy. Yeah, Brandon, can you take us through quickly the elevation from the practice squad to the roster? You know, financially it was different in your day than it is today, but financially then versus now. And then, you know, the moment you get the call of like you're getting the call to the big squad, because like Paul said, it's it's a dramatic increase financially from practice squad to the roster. Yeah. Back then, uh, Paul, back then we had eight. It was, you know, it was I caught a 53 plus eight, you know, 53 man roster plus eight for the practice squad. And it was on that, on that practice squad. You can release like for for whatever reason, if they didn't have enough offensive tackles or or, or linemen, I, you could get released at any point in time. And now the new day uh, practice squad guys, remember Adrian Peterson came out and he was on somebody's practice squad. Like it's like now everybody, it's like Oprah. You get a practice squad player. You get a practice squad player now in these days. But I remember times. Remember when we were on that run, my our freshman year. Sonoris Moss had something going on with his hamstring, and it was the Buffalo week where my you know my ran crazy that game. And I was taking one reps because Coach Coughlin came to me earlier in the week. He was like, "Look, they're going to monitor Sonoris." If he can't get ready to play by uh, Saturday, then we're going to activate you. You're going to make the trip out. You're going to play. I remember making some plays in practice with the ones and plaques, like bringing to me side, like, and all the receivers, like, that's what I'm talking about. Steve Smith, Mike Sullivan, like, that's you've been, we've been preparing you for this moment. Saturday comes. I went Friday night, went and got me a new suit. Went and got me. I was ready to go. I come in Saturday morning, got me a new bag and everything. I was ready. Coach Coughlin calls me up. He's like, Sonoris is a go. We're going to leave you behind. But I really appreciate everything you did. It goes to show that you've been paying attention in meetings. You've been doing everything you're supposed to do. Stay ready. Man, I hopped in my little my little, uh, my little, little Chevy Avalanche and went to the Avalon Lindhurst. He going to cry in the car. Like, I was so down after that. I would, but, at the, but just at the same time, like that moment when you get that call and, you know, your teammates are there, they're behind you and then like, you're ready for it. That's just one of those things where you want to step up and, and play big for your guys that are day one. Hey, hey Brandon. Did you get did you get 53 man roster pay that week or practice squad? I got practice squad pay that oh, week because I did. Lord. Yeah, but at the end of the year, at the end of the That's year, the DBs, all that extra money that the guys made for the playoffs, 
the DBs put a little money in the pot and they they broke me off a little extra something because they were like, you know, you got us right in the C Webby voice. But practice squad got money from the playoffs, right? We got every every uh we got practice squad check every week. So even on the bye week of the Super Bowl, we got we still got a check because we practiced that week. Right. So if the team makes the playoffs, the practice squad guys get checks for each week they're in the playoffs. Yeah, but they're still working. So yeah, they get bonus checks, not necessarily a bump in pay, just more more checks. Yeah, they just get more of the practice squad money because it's another week and another week and another week. I mean, I, I you know I go to the cover of the Super Bowl every year, whether the Giants there or not, and sometimes I catch up with former Giants and their guys sitting at the tables. You know, you guys know Super Bowl week, you're sitting at those tables on Wednesday and Thursday and they're practice squad guys, you know, and, you know, the, the team brought them to practice for the week. There's some great stories in there, too, Paul. I, I always actually really enjoyed when you guys would talk because I, I would learn something about some of my teammates. Maybe I didn't know. I think there's really cool stories in that locker room outside of the top guys, which I think as journalists is probably why you guys enjoy it. But I enjoy the playoffs, too, because the New York Post pays me bonus weeks. Extra weeks shows. I get to do more shows, more checks. I'm um, you know, I'm trying to get us to make a trip. We'll see it. We'll see what happens. If not Minnesota, maybe San Fran round two. I will not be there. I will not be there. Yeah, we'll you, talk you, about that yeah. on the preview show. Yeah. The so, Minnesota uh, game. Oh, you're not gonna I, go. I okay. will be there. I booked my flight going home from Philly. And you know what? And the 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 prices will go in six, seven, eight. The prices will go in the flights. Of the flights were going up once. Once the it was known that you know New York is going to you know these the first time Christmas Eve there were not a lot of Giants fans in Minneapolis. I expect there to be a lot more this week. Do you fly on uh, Saturday, Paul, or Friday? I really can't divulge that for uh, security reasons, Jake. I wouldn't uh, either. No, no want Giant Paul. fans to be on, be on your flight. Well, one guy who's making more than practice squad money is Kenny Galladay, uh, actually seventy two million to be exact. And Paul, you did a story. You spoke with Dave Gettleman was one of the guy who signed Galladay and also talked about how proud he was of uh, Daniel and Saquon and, and this Giants team for getting where they are. It, uh, uh, Dave Gettleman had not spoken since he retired. Now, you know, people get on me and sometimes say, how can you say he retired? Well, he retired. He saw the handwriting on the wall and they told him, Dave, it's probably a good idea for you to think about retirement. He's a smart guy and he retired. You know, uh, as as you guys both know, Dave Gettleman was with the Giants for 20, 30 years. Very good scouting, uh, pro personnel. I like the guy very much. He was not a good general manager. OK, I mean, I, I'm, I, you know, he just wasn't. His record wasn't good. Some of his his philosophies of how to build a team were a little bit outdated, I think. And he was not a good general manager. Let's face it. And you mentioned Kenny Galladay. I understood what they were doing, signing Kenny Galladay and drafting Kadarius Tony. It made sense to surround Daniel Jones with weapons. They just didn't pan out. And so it, those are bad moves. But the reason I wanted to reach out to Dave was, you know, we're, we're looking kind of back at this season. How did the Giants get here? Because none of us thought we'd be doing a Blue Rush playoff podcast. I just really don't think any of us thought that. You start with Daniel Jones. You start, Well, his first draft pick ever was Saquon Barkley. We can debate whether number two in the draft is worth of a running back, but Saquon's a heck of a player, and he had a really good year this year. Uh, Daniel Jones, who pe- we were stunned that we they picked him at number six. How much money do we think Daniel Jones is going to be making at this time next year, right? A lot, a lot of money. So he's proven himself, we believe, this year. But a lot of guys, Dexter Lawrence, going to make big money. He's he's maybe the best player on the team right now. Andrew Thomas, the left tackle. He's first-round pick. He's going to be making big money, one of the best left tackles in the game. These are all guys that Dave Gettleman drafted. Darius Slayton as a what? A low-round pick, good player. Nick Gates signed as an undrafted free agent, a starter. Traded for Leonard Williams. That was 
we didn't know at the time, right? They don't get here without Leonard Williams. He drafted Aziz Ojolari. He drafted Julian Love, who plays every snap on defense as what, a fourth round pick. He drafted Xavier McKinney, we think is going to be a very good player. So, you know, his fingerprints are all over this team. You know, I just thought he deserved and he and and the thing is, Dave said, especially speaking about Saquon and and Daniel Jones, their success does not validate me. It validates them. And I think that's a great way to put it. He's very happy and proud that these guys have developed in his vision. Paul, what was his tone when 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 speaking? Like was because he's gotten a lot of he's gotten a lot of heat. So when you're mentioning these names and you're mentioning these players who are key pieces and and great great for this team right now, what was his tone when he was saying like these names and and what he's done? He believed in those guys. He drafted them, right? You always remember who drafted you or who signed you, right? I mean, you know, they believe in you. Somebody said, we want to bring you in and, and we're going to pay you this, right? They believe in you. So he believed in those guys. And and his tone was very much like, Paul, I'm not interested in, in, in talking to you for this Dave Gettleman victory tour or this Dave Gettleman, you know, my fingerprints are all over this team. He said, keep me out of it as much as possible. I said, Dave, I understand that. Your, your top, the top players on this team were guys you drafted. He said, okay. I'll talk about them, okay? He said, look, after a month, I was hearing that Andrew Thomas was the worst of the four offensive linemen drafted, right? After a month or two months. That's what people were saying. That's what PFF was reporting. I was certainly writing that, you know, Andrew Thomas is behind these guys. And right now, most GMs in the league might take Andrew Thomas over anyone in that draft at left tackle. So he was not doing victory laps, but he was he was happy for these guys. I mean, he invested, a, he puts the card in Daniel Jones, number six in the draft. And people are like, are you crazy? So, you know, you stick your neck out for a guy. Look, Ernie, of course, he left the team, Eli Manning, right? You know, a general manager and a quarterback are linked to more than any other player. And by far, coach GM, coach quarterback, GM quarterback if the, and coach. If the GM can leave the team a quarterback, he has done a huge Right, Jake? You look at the Jets here, right? Can the GM leave the team a quarterback, right? And so if if Daniel Jones is that guy, then it will be forever known that Dave Gettleman stuck his neck out for Daniel Jones and he left the Giants with a quarterback. There's there's hits and misses with every general manager. If you're going to talk about Kenny Galladay, then you have to talk about Adoree Jackson, right? I mean, he signed Adoree Jackson in free agency. And Adoree Jackson's an unbelievable player. And a little bit under the radar is Graham Gano. He signs Graham Gano coming off of, you know, a pretty nasty – I'll let you. I'm sorry. When when we were talking about all his guys, right? And you know the guys you signed, and 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 Dave said, don't forget about Graham Gano. Yeah, he's been. I mean, the guy is. You know, I said this on some other show I was on. I said, you know, for the first time in a long time, Justin Tucker has company. Uh, that's how good Graham Gano's been. Like he's been that good. He might have even this year probably better. I don't know. I haven't looked at the stats, but I but I think Graham Gano's been better than Tucker this year. And if Graham Gano's not an all pro, then we need to figure out how we count these votes. But I'm a big Dave Gettleman fan. I always have been. I enjoyed our visits. He was, you know, part of our teams when we won Super Bowls. And I just loved interacting with him. The guy went to seven Super Bowls as an executive. That's unheard of. Every fourth year he was in a Super Bowl, statistically, whether it was with the Bills the Giants and the Carolina Panthers, who he took to the Super Bowl very early, maybe with someone else's roster. I get that. But he drafted some really good players over there, too. So 
people love to villainize somebody and Giants fans are the worst at it. They just picked the guy out. It didn't work out, but the coaching was bad too. You know, the coaching here was poor across the board. Joe judge brought in all his fraternity brothers in the clapper. That's never going to work. You know, I like Dave Gettleman. I'm a big fan of his. He took the high road, you know, class in class out because he could have just think uh, what these new age, like GMs, the new way people, People do things is I'm throwing somebody under the bus if you guys are going to if I'm going to take heat from the media. And he never did that. You never heard him say anything about Joe Judge and, and all that. And the, the fact that you're naming all these players and you're sitting there thinking you're like, oh, this guy's good. This guy's this guy's playing lights out this year. It's kind of like our our anger is was is misdirected anger in a sense. And like for Giants fans should have been more angry or been on more on top of Joe Judge than a David Gettleman. But at the same time, you can get the groceries. But if the meal doesn't come out, you know, if you're not salt banning that meal and you're not getting a five star meal, then people are going to be uh, upset. But good kudos to him. And I'm, I'm glad he didn't take that. Well, I, I don't understand why, you know, you look. He's not working for the Giants anymore. He's not in football anymore. Like I said, he did not deserve to come back as the GM. And like I said, I like him, but but he did not deserve to, and he didn't. But I think sometimes fans want to fire him. Then they want the Giants to rehire him. Then they want him to fire him again. And then, you know, then like the Game of Thrones, they want to parade him down Main Street and everyone can throw garbage at him. I mean, he worked. He he was a loyal, you know, employee of the Giants. It did not work out a general manager. And now he's no longer the general manager, even though he, you know, he wanted to stay. He was not going to retire. So, I mean, I think that's enough. I mean, I agree with you, Lawrence. We don't have to, you you show him the door, but you don't have to kick him once you show him the door. I mean, I I, I don't understand that. This, unless the guy- He's done a lot of good things. Yeah. And 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 it's just, you know, he he, he it didn't work out for him as general manager. There were worse things that happened in the world, right? He's not hit by too many medium Pepsis right now because Joe Shane has the Giants head of the playoffs and Andrew Hart's notes. Graham Gano, 29 for 32. Yep. Justin Tucker, 37 for 43. Yeah, but but a 58-yarder. He missed a 58-yarder, right, which, you know, whatever. And a one was blocked, okay? So he missed one. I think it was He's a He's 30- eight for nine, 50-plus, guys. That's all you need to know. And I'm not talking about, like, 50-51. Some of these are 56, 57. He has... If you guys remember the uh, Chicago game, I mean, he's made some of these kicks, uh, Carolina game, big, big kicks and big, big moments. Um, without him, there's obviously, you know, goes without saying they're not in the playoffs, but th- this has been his best year, I think. Lawrence, it's almost like a relief pitcher, I think, a, a closer who you assume when they're so good, you assume they're going to get the last three outs and you don't even credit them almost. Oh, yeah. And uh, and um, blah, 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 blah. And Mariano Rivera got the save, you know, like blah, 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 blah. And Lawrence Times kicked the game winning 41 yard field goal. You know, you, you know, it, it when a kicker is so good now, look. Uh, the kid Joseph kicked the 61 yarder to beat the Giants at the buzzer in Minnesota. That you notice. But when, you know, when a guy just kicks three, not just, don't say just, when a guy kick goes three for three on field goals and they win the game, you're just like, yeah, he did it, right? I mean, Lawrence, you had plenty of games where you kicked a 47, 41, and 38 yard field goal, right? You went three for three. And your name might have never even been in my story. Maybe it was one line, you know, one line. Lawrence Tyne kicked it. That's what it was like saying. Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott yesterday for the Eagles. Phenomenal game. And on grass, people don't understand grass. Those conditions, man, dead center every kick. He's a he's a good kicker. I really like him too. Five for five, right? Yeah. You mentioned Joseph, and that's who the Giants will face next. The schedule is set Saturday. The Seahawks get in. Everyone thought it was a lock that the Packers were winning. We waited for that game, so we knew the schedule. They win. The Seahawks will play the 49ers Saturday at 430. Chargers at Jaguars. Real quick, just a quick panel 
discussion, 10 seconds or less. How many of you had Jamie Gillen getting sacked yesterday on the fake field goal? Come on. He had the drop snap against the Eagles, and then he gets sacked and just throw the damn ball when he rolled right. I get it, Brandon. The tight end's covered, right? But just throw it. He tried to cut back and turn into Jalen Hurts and got absolutely smacked. Iron Eagle nailed it. It looked like he was looking to the throwback to Brandon, oh, to, to so Davis Webb. Was it? And and I and I think and it looked like Davis Webb was kind of going like, no, <laughs> uh, that's not it. And no, Iron Eagle it. said the Throw Scottish hammer gets nailed. That was a great call of the game. <laughs> you have to go listen to it. It was a great call by uh, just for that. It was worth hearing Iron Eagle, friend of the show, by the way. Well, was wasn't wasn't a Lawrence Cager sacked also? Wasn't it? Um, um, there was. I believe a- I believe both sacks were against positional players. Yes. It's the first time I, I saw. It, it's the first time in history of the Giants' history, which goes back <laughs> to 1925, right? That a tight end was sacked, <laughs> and the kicker, obviously, that's probably or the punter, that's probably happened before. I thought that was cool, the onside kick, the fake, whatever. Just have fun. But I had to get that out there. That was well, Iron was not giving him a he's not human call there. He was uh, no, no, he no. Should've, he should have chucked that in. Great there. call well, too. He's he's the best broadcaster in sports, in my opinion. Chargers, Jaguars, Saturday night, Sunday, the big one, Dolphins, Bills, and then Giants, Vikings, Ravens, Bengals, the 8 o'clock, and then Monday night playoff game, which I'm not in love with. Cowboys, Bucks, not in love with the – Is that new? I was just talking with my wife this morning. She goes, there's a Monday night playoff game. They do it last year too, Paul, right? Or was this the second year? I thought they did it last year. I I thought it was new this year, but you might be right. The only good thing about that is we get Peyton and Eli. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a playoff game. They're doing a playoff game. Why don't you guys like it? I mean, mean, this way you can sit down and relax on a Monday night and watch a playoff game. But we get three days, yeah. No, I think Peyton and Eli will call that as well. But why don't so, you like it? Why don't I just you like, like the weekend? I, I'm used to the tradition of Saturday, Playoffs, Sunday, weekend, and I know Monday, Saturday, Sunday. I, don't know. I like it because the less days I have without football, the better. That's true. So that's I one extra day with football. Yeah, that's true. Well, listen, the Cowboys are. I mean, what a terrible effort they pulled out on Sunday. They lose. Uh, the Bucks lose, although it didn't matter. So the Giants get the Vikings. Lawrence, uh, this is what everyone's hoping for here. Giants, Vikings, the rematch of Christmas Eve. They lose on a field goal. Now they'll have a Dory Jackson back most likely. They have Xavier McKinney back. They're coming in with basically a week off with a lot of these starters. I got to think a lot of people are going to pick. the. It's three points right now for the Vikings. So they're calling it an even game because the home team gets three. Uh, I got to imagine a lot of people are going to be picking big blue in this one. And they should. Uh, I think the Giants are ascending. I think everything's, you know, everything they've done in the last month of the season has really gotten this team ready. They're healthy. They're ready to go. They're confident. They're unified. And they just went up there without half their secondary and gave lost on a 61-yard field goal. I think they know what's in front of them. I think they know what to expect. I think Wink getting to see a team twice, you know, within a month, I think that favors him. I think he can come up with schemes and plans to confuse, and obviously they've had some injuries, right? There's some, you know, as we go through this week, the Vikings have lost a couple linemen, you know, since they last played, which helps the Giants. They're going to be really healthy. Aziz will be, you know, hopefully healthy, a Dory, a Xavier. But let's not underestimate. I just think the depth behind these guys, you know, they, they've they really had a lot of guys play a lot of football. Nick McLeod had a sack and a half yesterday, played great. Pinnock's a great blitzer in the secondary. And that Davis kid, I don't know if you guys watched him yesterday. He is a thumper. Kid from Jared Davis from Detroit. Not a household name or anything, but he really stuck out to me yesterday uh, flying around. So The former first-round pick. He's a was a former first-round pick. You could so. tell. But the Giants should have confidence going in there. Again, this is house money, guys. I know they won't say it publicly. They're not supposed to be here. And 
it's anybody's race right now. They're healthy. They have no excuses. Just go in there and, and have fun and play unified football and see what happens. That's the biggest thing you said, no excuses. And I'll, this, this team, they know, you know, and it, I think that makes them even dangerous that they know they're playing with house money because it's like you go in, let, let's go in and shock the world. They've been like that this entire year. It's always been like a us against the world mentality for this team. And I want to go back and I want to uh, rewatch the first game. But I think this could be the Daniel Jones. Like we've seen some moments for Daniel Jones throughout the year. But I think this is the biggest moment right here where he's going to play lights out using his legs, using uh, uh, using the weapons and the receivers that he has. No one in the Viking secondary scares you, especially after that first game. You've seen Isaiah Hodgins uh, make plays. The biggest thing this week that Dable and the coaching staff need to hammer into everyone, all right, it's gonna, you know the atmosphere already. You know what we did when we went up there the first time. Detail your work. You have to detail your work. If there's any, you can't turn the ball over this week. We can't have any uh, self-inflicted penalties or anything of, of, of that nature. But I think the biggest, the, the theme for this week is if you detail your work, you can go into Minnesota and beat this team. Now how about, uh, I, I talked to Nick Gates after the game, you know, looking ahead to, to, to Vikings and, you know, that environment, you know, you go, you know what that environment's like and Gates, you know, Gates is a, you know, when, when Davis Webb, was hit out of bounds. Gates is the one who got in the guy's face. You know, Gates said, I'm the protector. So he's even Davis is a good teammate. I'm the protector. And I asked Gates about, you know, going back to Minnesota. And he said about that first game they played. And he said, I thought it would be louder. <laughs> That's you know, I, I thought it would be louder. He said, it wasn't really that loud when we were on offense. I, I thought it would be louder. The things they did in that game that they lost are totally fixable, right? Bellinger loses the, gets the ball punched out. The dropped interceptions. Think about defensively the opportunities that Locked they had. Punt. Blocked punt. Blocked punt. Blocked punt. Blocked punt. Um, again, Drop they're going to have to clean. And oh wow, yeah, Richie James. Yeah, uh, I think very early. I'm going to pick. Yeah, you know, yeah, we'll get into that. I think I, I picked the Giants by more than a touchdown. Oh boy. Uh, one one thing I would slow the roll a little bit on Adori. Let's wait and see because you know we thought two weeks ago. I think he was listed as questionable, and then last week he was um, doubtful. I asked Dory in the locker room, he said, you look, I don't know what to tell you. You know, we have to, you know, we got to get through this week. So that's a cornerback whose MCL is taking longer than we expected, right? So is it is it reasonable or fair to think he's going to play 50 snaps running against Justin Jefferson and those guys after missing seven weeks? You know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think it's been, you know, his his recovery has not kind of been like this. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of been a little wavy. So I, I'm not sure that he's going to be a big factor in the game. Xavier McKinney, yes. I think, you know, he will play every snap, I would think. Um, but then he didn't play in the first game. But Dory Jackson, we got to see through the week. He's got to ascend a little bit more here. Lawrence, we'll close it out with you here. You know, you guys were essentially playing with house money 2008 on that run as a wild card team that goes on a run. Can you take us through the mentality of that team? Do you see anything similar with this team as they try to go on a push here? Yeah. You know me, I hate comparing teams, but, but I see a unified unit, a unified team is a dangerous team. And when you're playing for the guy next to you and not the name on your back, that's powerful stuff, man. I, I you know, even as I told you guys many times on the show, when I'm coaching my youth teams, I just want them to know who, who their teammates, mom, dad, and sister are. That's important to me, and I think this team probably knows everything about everyone's family and things like that. They're unified. You can tell. This is not fake. It, it has a little bit of Buffalo Bills-type feel. You, you know the Bills. They always talk about how close that team is. This team is unified, and they're healthy, 
And they're playing good football, most importantly. I think that's what's getting lost in all this. They're playing good football. That defense can win win you games. The offense is clicking at the right time. You finally have defined pieces on offense with Hodgins and James and Slayton. You know, first 10 games of the year, guys, we we had whoever the hell was on the team was at the slot or the one or the X, the Y, the Z. So I think they've had defined roles over the last month, including on defense. I think they're dangerous. I, I really do think they're a dangerous football team. But just being unified, Jake, that's all I can say. We felt like the group of us collectively could beat anybody, and I think they they feel the same way. Well, 4.30 Sunday on Fox Giants-Vikings. You guys will preview that game on the Blue Rush preview show, which you could also watch on the New York Post Sports YouTube. That'll come out on Thursday. But uh, we're looking forward to playoff football, and we'll be back with a post-game playoff podcast of Blue Rush next weekend. But until then, let's close it out with the Scotsman next. It's the NFL, so the guys you have on your team, you have confidence in. I certainly have confidence in all the guys that we have. It's, you know, you're not playing walk-ons and things like that. You're playing people that earn the right to be on a team and compete and play. And that says cheerio to episode 138 of Blue Rush, our Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Andrew Hartz for producing the show. Lawrence, you went to many playoff runs in your career with the Chiefs, the Giants, and everybody. Are you excited for the playoffs right now? The first playoff edition of Blue Rush. I'm ecstatic. Is that even a word in Scotland? I don't think it is, but absolutely chuffed to watch my Giants play in the playoffs. Subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your bloody pods. Subscribe to the New York Post's YouTube page. Watch full episodes of this show. For Brandon London, Jake Brown, Paul Schwartz, I'm the Scotsman, Lawrence Tynes. We return to your eardrums for the Blue Rush Playoff Preview Show on Thursday, looking ahead to the Giants' wildcard weekend matchup against those bloody Vikings. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush, you filthy animals. Chuffed.